few years ago, I saw a movie, it's from the 70s, and it stars John Denver, called Oh God. And in the movie, George Burns plays God. And there's this one conversation where George Burns, as God, says, oh no, I must have made a mistake. John Denver says, I thought God didn't make mistakes. And God replies and says, of course I make mistakes. Haven't you seen avocados? The pit's way too big. And that's kind of something that I've thought about since I saw that movie, about how funny it is to think about God making mistakes. And yet all the time I'll say, oh, God must have made a mistake. Just think about avocados. We repeat the words and say, God doesn't make mistakes. We just say it as a fact. Oftentimes we we haven't really thought about it. We haven't let it get deep into our hearts. And the reality is memorizing facts doesn't change our lives. Believing them does. And so this is the first episode of a brand new podcast, and we're going to jump into something deeply, deeply personal. Jesus loves you, this I know, because you're here. I'm Cecilia Ciccone, and today we're going to talk about how God shows us how much he loves us in the very fact that we exist. This podcast is named after that song that I learned, and I'm sure you did too, when you were in preschool or kindergarten, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And the reality is that we think that we settled the issue of God's love long ago. We learned that song. We know the fact that God loves us. But we've gotten older. We've learned about suffering. More things have happened to us. And yet we just repeat the fact of God's love without really knowing that it's true in our hearts. And that's the purpose of this podcast. As adults, we go back. We explore the reality of God's love, the fact which is true that we learned long ago, and we allow it to penetrate our hearts to really show us that we can believe and trust in God's love. When I first had the idea for this podcast, I mentioned it kind of as a joke. I just thought, wow, it'd be kind of funny if for 45 minutes every week, I just sat in front of a microphone and started listing the different ways that I know that God loves me. This has actually been a super fruitful practice for me in my spiritual life. It's called an examination of consciousness. And at the end of every single night, I stop, I look over my day, and I ask, okay, God, where were you trying to love me today? Sometimes they were things that I totally realized in the moment. A text from a friend that I hadn't talked to in a long time, hitting all of the green lights on my way to work, a really great cup of coffee. And that was what I thought this podcast would be, just me listing those different ways, kind of saying, look, look at all of the ways that God is trying to show us that he loves us. But I realized that they were superficial. They could be attributed just to coincidence, to the fact that I'm someone who believes in God, and so therefore all of the good things that happen in my life, I think to be signs that he loves me. In reality, God's love is not superficial. And even for me personally, Where I've learned that God loves me is not so much in a perfectly ripe avocado as it is in the moments of deep suffering, when he's been there with me, strengthening me, and showing me how much he loves me and wants me to be with him forever. God's love is not superficial. It's personal, it's intentional, and it's real. Just last week, I was teaching some ninth grade students religion, and I asked them the question, we were talking about creation, Did God make a mistake when he made us? Really think about it. Right now we're in 2020. We're living in the middle of a pandemic in the United States. We're having an election that is quite painful and anxiety-inducing for many of us. It's easy to look at the world today and think, 
Is this really how God wanted it to be? We've messed things up. Did God make a mistake? Is it like George Burns in that movie where God can make mistakes? And as I was talking to my ninth graders, none of them thought that God made a mistake. It was really interesting as we were talking about it. And they asked the question, would God be disappointed with us? Like, God didn't make a mistake. We're the ones that made the mistakes. And I thought that that was really interesting. This fact that these kids, probably when they were four, five, six years old, they learned that God doesn't make mistakes, but they didn't really know what that meant. And so today we're going to be talking about something that's theological, but is actually extremely, extremely personal. We're going to start with some basic ideas of faith. We're going to start believing that God exists, that God is good, that God is perfect, and yes, that God does not make mistakes. But we're going to talk about the implications of that, what it means. Coming away from this podcast today, we're not just going to repeat the fact that God loves us, that God doesn't make mistakes, but hopefully, please God, it will penetrate our hearts. When I was in high school, I was planning to become a civil engineer. Everything that I did in high school was pointed towards that being my end goal. I ended up in college and changed my major after a week. I don't build bridges anymore. I build the kingdom of God. But besides that awful, awful joke, when I was in high school, I was a part of the Science Olympiad team, and I would always be assigned the events that involved building because that was what I was good at. That was what I liked doing. But the problem was, was that I was also a procrastinator. I took a lot of hard classes and I would study a lot. And Science Olympiad just never seemed important. So even though I had most of the school year to prepare for it, to build the towers or the bridges or whatever it was that I needed to build for the competitions, I would always wait until about two weeks before to start. And the hard types of glue that I needed to use took a long time to set. So inevitably, I would have this great plan, I would rush through it, and I would end up with a really, really twisted project. This one particular year, I had to build a tower that started out really wide at the base and then got narrow, and there would be a weight placed at the top to see how much it could hold. And true to form, I waited until about two weeks before to start building it. I had an idea of what I needed to do. I was a pretty good engineer when it came down to it, but I just didn't take the time to actually focus on building it well. So slowly, I would build layer after layer, using different clips to hold it together over the weeks, but With this one tower, it was very strong, but it was so twisted. If you think the Leaning Tower of Pisa is an engineering miracle, that is nothing compared to my Popsicle Tower. As the the narrow part started getting taller and taller, it literally twisted and was crooked. My parents made fun of me. Everyone who saw it was like, oh, Cece, that was cute. And I said, well, this is this is what we've got. All right. You guys you guys gave me the event. This is the tower that we have. I took it to the event to have it tested, to actually pour sand to see how much it could hold. And I knew it would probably break right away. If you saw it, you would look at it and say, there's no way that twisted tower could hold anything. As I started pouring sand into the bucket that the tower was holding, I very quickly made it up to the 25 pound mark. That was what it was supposed to hold. And they looked at me and they said, I can't believe your tower held that much. Do you want to keep pouring sand in? Keep seeing how much it can hold? I said, yeah, let's just keep going until it breaks. We didn't even think it would make it this far. I kept pouring sand into that bucket and it kept holding it. 
I couldn't believe it. Eventually, the bucket was full. It literally could hold no more. People were taking videos and pictures of this crooked tower that was holding the most amount of weight of any tower on that day. And I laughed. If I can find it, I'll put a picture of the tower in the show notes because it really, really is incredible. This twisted, messed up tower could hold everything. And I was super surprised. I didn't think it was going to work. It was twisted. There was glue everywhere. I just thought, there's no way. And sometimes we think that that's how God is. That God just kind of threw things together with a few weeks to go. That's how he made the world. He wasn't too sure if it was going to work. He thought it was an experiment. Things got really messed up, really crooked. And it just so happens to kind of be working. But friends, God is a way better engineer than I am. Yes, our world can seem crooked and twisted just like that tower, but that is exactly how God made it to be. When God created the world in that very first moment of time, he knew absolutely everything that would happen. He created the world to reveal just how much he loved us. And he decided that in order to reveal himself and the greatness of his love, that you would need to be a part of that plan. You, whether you feel like a broken popsicle stick, or you feel like you're a crooked part of this great big structure, or even if you think that you're just an insignificant piece of glue, God knew that you needed to be a part of this plan. Just like in that tower, every single piece was important, and so is each of us. Looking at that tower before seeing what would come of it, it seemed ugly, it seemed impossible, it seemed like it was completely pointless. But then in the end, when it fulfilled its role, when we saw that it could actually hold something, it became beautiful. And that's how the world is. We only see this tiny, tiny part of it. We see our crooked little part. We see the parts that don't come together, that don't connect. Even if we're able to see all of history, we're not at that point where we can see the world fulfilling its role, glorifying God as it will when we're in heaven. So we need to be patient. And I don't know about you, but I'm really, really bad about that. Quite frankly, I'm not quite sure what my role in this world is, what God made me to do. I just know that he loves me and that he wants to make his love known through me. And that leaves me speechless. That is a game changer. This reality that God wants to reveal his love to the world through my existence. And he wants to reveal his love to the world through your existence. There are things about God that only you can reveal. There are things that God wants me to know from you. You are completely irreplaceable in his plan for this world. I am completely irreplaceable in this plan for this world. And from all eternity... In the moment that he spoke this world into being, he had you and me in mind. But it's easy to see other people and understand the important role that they play in our world. For me, it's my little sisters. They make mistakes. They hurt. But it's so clear how my life would not be the same without them. How God has revealed himself through them. How God has strengthened me in my relationships with them. And to see how God is loving them in and through their struggles strengthening them to form them into the young women that he's made them to be. But when it comes to me, and I venture to say probably for some of you, 
without even really thinking about it, I think I'm the exception to God's love. I see myself as the popsicle stick that is making a mess of everything. I think that the pain that I've experienced is too much. That for some reason it's, it's worse than what everyone else has known. That I've made too many mistakes. That I've messed up God's plan for my life. And probably like some of you, I look at my mental health struggles and I wonder what is taking God so long to heal me. I wonder if it's because he doesn't love me. The truth is, I am not the exception to God's love, and neither are you, because God is perfect. We hear that, and it's not meant to be intimidating, but to show us that we can trust what he's done. I heard a story once, it it used to be something that people would do, where they would keep a painting or some sort of image of eyes in a room in their house, and they would do it to remind them that God is watching. And... I met this priest who would go to people's houses and especially this one woman. And he said, why do you have those eyes? And she said, oh, well, it's to remind me that God is always watching me. He said, oh, well, that's a really great way to avoid sin, to remember that God is always watching your every move. Okay, that makes sense. And she said, what? No, I'm not afraid of the fact that God is watching me. It comforts me to know that God is always looking at me always loving me, always encouraging me. That's what God's perfection is meant to do for us, to make us know that we are not a mistake, that there are infinite possibilities for how God could have made the world. When I look at myself, I mean, I could have not existed. That's kind of the biggest thing. I'm five foot one. God could have made me five foot seven. I could have lived in Rome, but instead I live in Delaware. I could have been a doctor, but I work in ministry. And this is all a part of God's plan. And God does not make mistakes. I'm living this life, and oftentimes I feel like I get caught off guard by things. Things come out of nowhere and throw a wrench in my plans that I thought were perfect. That's not how it is for God. His plans are not messed up. He knows all of the details. Everything that happens has been a part of his vision for this world from the beginning of time. And it is good, it is perfect, and it is moving all of us deeper into his love. What's more is that God didn't need to make us. I said that God was perfect, and that doesn't just mean that he doesn't make mistakes. It also means that God is complete. He is full. There is literally nothing that can make him better. He was perfect without us. There is literally nothing that we can do that will make God any better. And now that could make us kind of depressed. We might have thought that we existed because God in some way needed us. And that's why we live our lives is because if we don't, God won't be able to make up for it. And and God needs us. No, God doesn't need us. That makes it seem like we owe God something. That the only reason why he made us was because he wanted us to do stuff for him. That's not it at all. In truth, there is nothing that we can do to repay all that God has done for us. The reason that God made us was for us. He made us because he was so full of love and he wanted someone to receive it. God loved you and that was why he made you. He made you so that you would know his love. I heard this story of there's a catechism in Africa and the way that they were teaching the faith there was really real and really beautiful and wasn't just about memorizing facts, but 
was about exactly the point of this podcast, to cut to the heart, to help people, to believe in God. And the question of the catechism was, why did God make you? Now, in the United States, we had the Baltimore Catechism, and the answer to that question was something like, God made you to love him, serve him in this world, and to be with him forever in the next, which is true. But in, in this African Catechism, the answer to why did God make you was because he thought you might like it. God made you for you. The fact that you exist is a sign of God's free love overflowing into your very existence. You are not just a pawn in God's plan. St. Paul says, everything belongs to you and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. All of this, imagine me pointing all around me. I am, I'm Italian. I'm pointing at absolutely everything. It is all for you. Everything in creation exists to reveal some aspect of God so that we will get to know his love. I know that God loves you because of the very fact that you exist. What's more is that I know that God loves you because you're listening to this podcast. That might seem a little bit conceited, so stick with me. The reason that I decided to start this podcast was not that I believed that I had some amazing wisdom that I needed to impart on today's world. No, actually, it's quite the opposite. I started this podcast because I realized that I needed to remember and be reminded of how much God loves me. And you might think that you're listening to this podcast because you follow me on Twitter or because you went to high school with me and wanted to see what it would be like. Or maybe someone recommended it to you and you didn't want to disappoint them. You think that you're here just because of a coincidence. But here's the truth. You're listening to this podcast because God wants you to know that he loves you. From all eternity, he has planned for you to hear this in this moment so that you would know that the fact that you exist is a sign of his infinite love for you. And that's a game changer. It's the fact that not only do we exist, but the fact that I am here right now living in this time with all that I am and all that I have experienced. That means that God loves me. It changes everything. The fact that you exist will never change. Even when you die, you will continue to exist. You are here to stay, and God's love for you is here to stay too. One of my favorite scripture passages is Romans 8. In it, St. Paul says, If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. It is Jesus Christ who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation 
will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I love that passage because it reminds me that there is literally nothing that will separate me from the love of God. We are one. We are united. Just the very fact that I exist shows that God loves me. The fact that you exist shows me that God loves you too. In the next episode, we're going to talk about one of my favorite things. Well, one of my favorite people, I guess, instead, and that is Jesus Christ. It's the fact that not only is God's love shown in the fact that you exist, but ultimately the greatest way that he showed us his love is in Jesus Christ. And I know you you might have thought about him. You obviously know that he exists. But do you realize that God loves you because of Jesus? That'll be next week. But first, there's going to be two segments at the end of every show. First, we have the Saint of the Week. And this week, it is Saint Josephine Bakita, who is absolutely one of my favorites. I actually have a sticker on the back of my truck that says, Saint Josephine Bakita, pray for us. And she is a fantastic saint that really exemplifies the reality that our existence shows us that God loves us. Saint Josephine Bakita was a Sudanese slave in the 19th century. So she lived in Sudan. She experienced the reality of being tortured, of belonging to someone else, of being treated like an object. Eventually, because of who she belonged to, she ended up in Italy, and she became Catholic. By God's providence, she was freed, and she actually became a religious sister. When I look at St. Josephine Bakita, I see someone who had absolutely every reason to believe that God didn't love her, or that it was a bad thing that she existed. It would be really easy to see her life and all that she experienced and was tortured and all of the physical pain and emotional, quite frankly, the trauma that she experienced and to wonder, wouldn't it have been better if Josephine Bakita didn't exist at all? But this beautiful saint has this quote. She said, if I were to meet the slave traders who kidnapped me and even those who tortured me, I would kneel and kiss their hands. For if that did not happen, I would not be a Christian today. The Lord has loved me so much. We must love everyone. Wow, I read that quote and I realized just how far I am from being a saint. She saw her suffering and didn't see it as proof that God didn't love her. No, she saw the way that God used that suffering, used her existence to show how much he loved her. St. Josephine Bikita now is one of the saints of color in the church. Uh, She's absolutely amazing. I pray through her intercession often. And so the fact that God loved Josephine Bikita and she was aware of that has helped me to see how much God loves me. And I hope it does the same for you. Now, for the last part of the podcast, I did want to do a little part of what I thought this podcast was originally going to be. And that was saying just one way this week that God showed me that he loves me. We're talking about these really big ways and they help to lay the foundation so that when we suffer or when something really good happens, we immediately think of God. But we have to lay that foundation first. I often forget about it, which is why, again, I'm so grateful to be able to talk about it with you. This part of the podcast is called Love Tap. This week, I just kind of tweeted the funny idea about starting a podcast. I wasn't meaning to do it at all. And a generous benefactor reached out to me and asked if they could donate some money to help support it. And that reminded me that God's love for me 
and for you is real and that he wants to do anything so that we can know it. So thank you to that benefactor for responding to the Holy Spirit. Thank you to Jesus for giving us this opportunity to remember just how much he loves us. Let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, thank you for creating each and every one of us as an indispensable part of your plan of love for this world. In our days, we so quickly forget how good it is that we are here. Show us your love in each and every moment. We pray that each of our breaths will proclaim the reality that we are loved by you. When we suffer, when we are frustrated, when we need to forgive, Lord, remind us that it is your love that strengthens us and gives us hope. Help us to know the dignity that you have given to each of us and to fight so that this human dignity will always be upheld and respected, most especially for the most vulnerable among us. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure and to subscribe. You can listen on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. If you would like to support my mission of making God's love known, please consider helping to cover the cost of equipment, website maintenance, and that much-needed coffee. <laughs> you can donate to me by Venmo at CEC underscore squared. And if you want to keep in touch, you can follow me, Cecilia, on Twitter and Instagram at CEC squared. You can also find that info in the show notes. Until next time, we'll be united in prayer. And remember, Jesus loves you, this I know, because, well, because of everything. <laughs>